is LBC from Global, leading Britain's conversation. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Four minutes after 12 is the time, and you are listening to James O'Brien on LBC. A few of you pointing out that we have already had Mystery Hour today, given the question that we asked in the first hour about what Theresa May stands for. Um, continue that conversation on social media if you want, but we turn our attention next to the to the much-beloved feature of the programme that offers you an opportunity to achieve the sort of satisfaction not ordinarily available anywhere else on your radio dial. You almost certainly have nestled away in the corners of your consciousness a question to which you know there must be an answer, and an answer which you would love to know, but which you have thus far in your life been unable to secure. This is your chance to secure it. Very simply put, you give me a ring, you pose your question, Somebody else rings in, and they answer it. The number you need to do that remains, as ever, 0345 And uh, apart from a couple of little rules, which I'll share with you now, that's pretty much it. Don't be boring is rule number one. So don't ring in with a question that sort of, you know, only you're going to be interested in the answer to. Usually motoring is the best example of that category. Um, and rule number two is don't be repetitious, but that's probably more my job than yours. In other words, don't ask a question that we've answered re- relatively recently. You can check the the old archive at lbc.co.uk, but otherwise it's up to, up to me and the team to keep an eye on questions that we have dealt with before. If you still need a little bit of clarification, you probably know those newspaper and magazine features that try to do something similar notes and queries q's and a's so you write in and say why do we do that what's the origin of this where does that come from at what point does x become y or why does that do that and this do the other and that's kind of how it works i said we get much quicker satisfaction because i've been away for a few weeks it means that you've got a better chance of getting through in the next two or three minutes than you normally would have in the first 10 minutes of the hour after that it, it generally depends upon um, how much repetition there is. So if you've got a question, a who, a why, a what, a where, a when, a whence, a whither, and even the occasional wherefore, hear the numbers now, you will get through. 0345 is the number that you need. I don't, I'm afraid, take anything via text or tweet or, or email on this because the phones get so busy. And if you hear somebody else ask a question to which you do know the answer, um, then please ring in and provide the answer. There are two prizes up for grabs. One is relatively easy to secure. Uh, that is a, a, a bona fide mystery hour round of applause, one of the most sought-after plaudits available in the British media. And the other is the veritable holy grail of British radio, a uh, radiota. That would be awarded to you if your qualifications for asking the question are almost unbelievably strong. So if, for example, we had a question about space travel and you're Buzz Aldrin, and you ring in, you get a Rayleota. doesn't perhaps need to set the bar quite that high, but it gives you an idea, I think, of what I'm talking about. So here, here, there's one phone line for you. If, if you don't get through, judicious use of redial is the answer. Um, uh, it, it's a tough job, actually, for Caroline and Anushka, because you don't know where the questions have been answered before, you don't know whether they've been asked before, and you don't know how boring you are when you ring in with a really boring question that you think is interesting. So do please be polite to both of them are you, if you're lucky enough to get through to the programme. Otherwise, don't don't just wait. If you hear me say the number, it means there's phone lines free. 0345 If you hear somebody else ask a question to which you know the answer, then if you don't ring in and answer it, there's a very strong chance that your radio will actually melt. Sophia is in Devon. Sophia, question or answer? It's a question, James. Carry on. In your own time, Sophia. <laughs> right. Cloud nine. Yes. Why do we say 
Um, I'm on cloud nine. Because I've never been on cloud. I, I was coming back on the plane and I was looking at all the clouds and I thought, well, what's this about cloud nine? So You mean a, a, a position of epic happiness? Yes. Well, what, what it really means is um, it, it's, as, it's as high as you can go, isn't it? You really? can't. You I'm can't be any. Guy. Yeah, you, you can't be any happier than cloud nine. Well, why cloud nine? I saw more than nine clouds in the sky. No, but there's nine layers of clouds as you make your way up the. Um, as you make your way up the, the the is it called the stratosphere? Yeah. No, I've done this before. I'm just talking a little bit in the hope of the the the, the thought coalescing while I. While I kind of just fill 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 the space with you, it's it's not come to me. But I think it is. There's like you know the, you, when you look at the sky when you're in a plane, you just come back from your holidays. There's clouds quite low and there's clouds quite high, right? Yeah. So the the the, the atmosphere is measured in levels, and cloud nine right. is the highest level. So when you're on cloud nine, that's as happy as you can be, BB. Right. I think you're going to want someone a little bit better qualified yeah. than me, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Uh, do you know what? I'm in such a great mood at the moment, I think I'll allow you to be so sort of implicitly rude to me without any comeback whatsoever. I was not! You so were! Because I'm right, but I'm just not right enough for you. Yeah, well, yeah. it's not a definitive answer. Mm, that's probably also fair comment, actually, yeah. as it goes. So, yeah. Cloud9, what is it and why? Where does the phrase come from? Last time you were on Cloud9, Sophia, bearing in mind this is a family programme. Yes, I am. Well, I'm living in Devon, so I definitely am. That'll do, that'll do. Nine minutes after twelve, ironically enough. What is what is the meaning of the phrase to be on cloud nine? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. What what's going on? Well the question's rubbish or you're just not bothering to answer them. Caroline says the questions have been absolutely rubbish so far, so she's wiped the board well, not quite, but you've got a better chance of getting through than you did three minutes ago. And stop ringing in with rubbish questions. Honestly, it's tough enough for her having to work with me every day without you adding to her burdens with your uselessness. Richard is in Norwich. Richard, question or answer? It's a question, James. Good man, carry on. The question is, I play guitar very badly. So I does Ziggy. I am right-handed. Why do I assign the most difficult job to my left hand, which is making the chord shapes? I just strum with the right hand. Oh, so, yeah, I, you know, I thought I was about to bite your head off then. I thought you were describing your own curious guitar-playing technique, but everybody right-handed does the fretboard yeah. with the left hand and just strums with the right hand. Yeah. So why... right-handed. Well, have you and tried to do it the other way round? It's impossible. Well, that, that's your answer, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm right-handed, but... No, I know, but that is your answer. If you try to do it the other way round, it's almost impossible. Well, by definition, <laughs> I'm right-handed, I do everything else that's complicated like writing with my right hand why do i not assign the most complicated well, maybe it's not the most complicated actually well, it, is. Yeah, well, it, it might is. feel like it is but it, it, it's different sort of coordination mm. i have a very good friend who is a internationally renowned rock guitarist he's actually left-handed and he plays it the other way around that's how his guitar specially made or at least specially strung i think specially made but I don't know whether he could get them especially made before he became an internationally round rock, re renowned rock guitarist. So why, 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 why does the really tricky bit go to the to the less dexterous hand? Is the question exactly yeah. that? Exactly that. Great stuff. Uh, what, 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 what? Oh, well, I can't answer. Don't I'll try and find you one. How good are you, or how bad are you? Oh, pretty poor. Really. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, I'll try. I'll try and get you an answer. Maybe you should try it the other way around. Stick with it. You might get better. Twelve eleven is the time. Why? What? Where? When? What is cloud nine? And why? Do, yeah, that, I like that question. Actually, I, I wonder if anybody even knows. What? Why do you? Why do you play? Why? Well, if you play the guitar, 
Why is your less good hand the one that does the trickiest bits? Uh, Steve's in Bracknell. Steve, question or answer? Uh, I've got a question for you, James. Carry on, Cricket. Cricket, yeah. Yep. Why is it the fielding side only the wicketkeeper wears gloves? Mm. What? Well, the, the wicketkeeper wears gloves. Yeah. The well, he's the, he's the one that... He's, the ball is going faster when it hits him than it is when it hits anybody else. No, no, no. We're, no, 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 no. When, when you watch your cricket and the guys hit the ball and it's 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 going a fair old whack. Yeah. And the guys are trying to catch it. I know nine times out of ten they'll catch it with their bare hands. Yeah. I was just wondering why can't they wear like a... They're doing baseball. Like a catcher's there. mitt. Yeah, catches me. Yeah, and they make it easier to catch the ball. Well, because we're the because we're English, Steve, and we set ourselves challenges yeah. instead of making life easy. It's a bit like asking why rugby players don't wear suits of armour. It's because we're proper yeah. sports people. We're heroics. We're following in the tradition of the Olympians who competed naked. It's our colonial cousins on the other side of the Atlantic who need to have special helmets and headguards and shoulder pads and gloves and things like that. It's just it's just a mark of an Englishman. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Isn't it? Well, I don't know. Also, you can't throw. I mean, fielding is different in in, in cricket. You, you you can't throw as well. Yeah, I know. You know, know. you know. The catcher. So the the short answer is where the wicketkeeper stands. Having yeah. two big heavy gloves increases yeah. his efficiency on three fronts. It makes it easier to catch balls moving at speed in in yeah. in that in that catchment area, literally catchment area. Now we know what that word means. Secondly, as you know, you can do a stumping when you're wicketkeeper and and it's almost yeah. impossible to do if you've had to catch the ball with your sort of flesh. You, you can just do that lovely fluid movement. You're allowed to knock the bales off the top of the stumps with the with the end of your gloves as long as the ball is in your gloves. And number 3, what no, I'm saying, cool, yeah, yeah. I agree. I and, agree. Uh, and number three, the wicketkeeper doesn't have to lob the ball for miles in the way that almost every other fielder on the park might do. Even if you're in the slips or you're at silly mid-on, you end up yeah. chasing the ball. If you've got whopping great gloves on, you've got to take your glove off, drop it, you know. I think it's, 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 uh, it's either an unanswerable question or I've just answered it. You decide. Um, I'll, I'll take a I'll, I'll say, um, undecided. But I still feel if you're a even if you're left behind it, you can still scoop the ball up off the ground. Yeah, right. Well, then it's just the answer. It's the blooming rules, mate, isn't it? Well, it is, yeah. They should change the rules. Why? Cricket's brilliant. Why would they change the rules to make cricket more like baseball? Well, no. To, no, I mean, to, to easily catch the ball. Well, all right. I, I, I'm, I don't know if this is even a question now, after this fascinating exchange of thoughts. I don't know, I was just sitting here listening to you thinking, yeah, I'll just ask a question. And okay, a cricket glove. Why can't they all wear gloves in cricket? Oh, go on then, I'll yeah, put yeah. it on the board, but I suspect the answer is the same The same answer as why you can't pick up the ball and run with it in a game of football. Yeah, probably, yeah. Or ball in overarms. Yeah. Well, you can do that, can't you? 12.15 is the time. 12.17 is the time. You are listening to James O'Brien on LBC, where we are in the business of solving mysteries, big and small. Um, I like today's questions, some more than others. Uh, Cloud9, I'm pretty sure we've done before, but I can't remember the answer, so I can hardly criticise you for not being able to. Where does it come from, the phrase Cloud9? When you play the guitar, why is your less dexterous hand the one that does the hardest work? So if you're right-handed, your left hand does the fret work, and if you're left-handed, generally your right hand will do the fret work. Whereas, theoretically, you should use the hand that is most dexterous to do the trickiest bit. Strumming's a piece of cake, you know? 
I like, you know, especially if you've got a plectrum, or, or, I mean, you, you're not really doing anything. Um, and why are wicket keepers the only cricketers allowed to, and batsmen, of course, but why are wicket keepers the only fielders in cricket allowed to wear gloves? Uh, 12.18 is the time. Lee's in Stevenage. Lee, question or answer? Uh, question, James. Go on, then. First time caller, long time listener, yeah. so go easy on me. God, I'm hardly going to beat you up on Mystery Hour, am I, Lee? <laughs> go, well, on. <laughs> go on, then. hang on, no, don't count your chickens, no, what have you got? I've been, yeah, I've, been, I've been away a couple of times lately with the family on, on little holidays, and both times there was um, hills or mountains, I weren't really sure which. Yes. So my question is, is when does a hill become a mountain? I actually know this. Well, I know it in America. Okay. A thousand feet. And what are your qualifications? Just remember it from somewhere. It's about 300 metres. Okay. You going, you, you're guessing that? No, I'm not. I know. A thousand feet is about 300 metres. No, not on that. On that, that is the answer. No, I've got it. It's one of those little nuggets I've got filed away in the back of my bonds. Right, okay. So, yeah, I didn't know if it had anything to do with having a peak or a shape or... Yeah. Now, hills are generally easier to climb and they'll be less steep than mountains, but I think that's just coincidental. Right, okay. I, 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 I just, I, someone's just texted to say that that was true once and it isn't true anymore, so I'm, I'm not going to give oh. myself a round of applause. What's the, and also it's American apparently, not British, but still, I mean, you know, just say something complimentary to me, quickly. <laughs> I'm struggling here. No, oh, come on, mate, just say, wow, you've done all right, mate. Well, usually you're right, yeah, yeah usually yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, cheers. I, I think I am kind of right, but I'm not right enough to get a round of applause on this. So you want, when does a hill become a mountain? It sounds like a Radiohead song. <laughs> I like it. I like it as well. I'll, fi- I'll find out for you. So, so what's, this, what's the definition of a mountain, really? I, I mean, we don't want to get blindsided by hillocks, do we, and, and, and sort of grassy mounds and knolls and things like that. So it's a, the, hill, the, the hill becomes the mountain at point X. I will find out for you, Lee. I promise you. 20 minutes after 12. Nick is in Chesham. Nick, question or answer? Oh, hi. Um, I've how, why, did, 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 how can you sound surprised when you're on hold to talk to me when I say hello and you go, oh, hi? It's the shock of fame. Is that what it is? is it just yeah, the spotlight yeah. comes upon you and even oh, though you're standing on stage waiting it for it, is. the thrill is still visceral. Carry on, Nick. Absolutely. As I am absolutely in my thrilled state, I have... I had one answer for you. While yeah. I was on hold, I yes. realised I had two. That's I also have a bit of gossip for you. Right, hang on a minute. I, I, I just do stick to the thing you told the producer to start with. Okay, I'll be quick. I've been a guitar teacher for 40 years. Good man. And the reality is it's actually quite difficult with both hands when you start. Yes. You could argue it's easier to keep a sense of rhythm with your dominant hand, but there's not really much in it. Um, depending on the style of music you play, if you're doing Rodrigo's guitar concerto, your right hand's just as busy as your left. Tell me about it. So, uh, yeah, so that's the answer. The, the, well, it isn't really. Oh, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I mean, so y- you could teach yourself to play the wrong way round, and it would be just as... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's, it's kind of the same thing as learning to write. write I think the rhythm, I think the rhythm thing, I think the rhythm thing is part is, is a bigger part of the answer than you thought. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably the most underestimated part of being yeah. a decent player. Because you never, it'd be like, that's the answer, mate. You've done it. Because it would be like, try, okay, play some music, and now click your fingers along to it in time with your hand that's not dominant. And it's yeah, harder so than it is... It's hard. So I played the drums for a very brief period of time as a kid. I was particularly rubbish at it, but I was better with my right hand than I was with my left hand. No, there you go. That's what it is. So you're keeping the rhythm with the right hand, and you teach yeah, yourself. To... Yeah. 
Yeah, because if, if the rhythm if the rhythm's been kept by the right hand, the left hand's got to keep up with it. Hasn't oh, it? I like that a lot. I like. I think that's uh, Axel is my musical colleague. What are we thinking, Axel? We go. Uh, that's it, isn't it? He's done it. He's only gone and done. I mean, to be fair, forty yeah, years a guitar teacher. If he couldn't do it, nobody could. What was the other answer you came up with? Was it to the same question? Well, can I do the gossip? Because it's very quick. Well, it better be good, and it can't be yeah, libelous. No, it is good, and it, I know you'll like it. Is the subject of the gossip living or dead? Uh, living. Is it, is it, could it be considered in any way libelous? Not even slightly. Carry on. Okay. Scott from Balcony Shirts. Oh, yeah. I used to be one of my pupils. Well, you taught him guitar? Yeah. Well... We also played in a band together at one point. This is well. just unbelievable. Balcony yeah, shots, uh, it, it, balcony shots of Uxbridge. You yeah, are his guitar teacher. I was, yeah, when he was about fifteen. Was he any good? Yeah, he's great. He was. He was. He was, he was well. Did he nearly make it? Could he have been a contender? Uh, well, we we both did a bit of touring and things. Yeah, you know, all good fun. I mean, to be honest, given that the chapter who you refer is known more to me than anybody else listening to the program i i can't give you a ray Liotta for being scott scott balcony's <laughs> well, guitar teacher i've mentioned it because you obviously get on so well with him and he's just so funny he is a legend he is an absolute yeah, star he really is but but, but uh, i'm going to give you an extra round i'm going to give you an enhanced round of applause you can't tell that it's enhanced when you hear it but but you as a as a guitar teacher of 40 years standing you will detect certain tones and notes in it that reassure you it's a better quality round of applause than i play out ordinarily it, it won't be wasted on me carry on <laughs> <laughs> great work good gossip was it gossip i think it was just a nugget trivia not really gossip but hey when does a mountain uh, become a mountain or rather when does a hill become a mountain why wicket keepers the only people on the cricket pitch fielding allowed to wear gloves and what is the origin of the figure of speech cloud nine uh, sammy's in croydon sammy question or answer hi james got a question carry on mate uh okay so it's a little bit tricky to explain but uh, uh i'll try and uh, crack on with it so yeah. And so we know that uh, exercise is good for you, yeah? Yes. And we know that uh, breathing in pollution is bad for you. Uh, so what I want to know is uh, how, many pollu- how many particles need to be in the air or at what point does, what point is the crossover point that you're now doing yourself more harm than good by being outdoors exercising? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that exercise is relevant to it. It would be the point at which breathing is bad. Yeah, because I, I cycle to work um, from from the train station, but most of my route is through the park. Yeah. But, uh, I've always just been curious. Like, am I, like, obviously the parts where I'm going through the urban parts of the streets and stuff, am I doing... Yeah, but you're going to be doing you're, you're going to be doing yourself some good in different ways, regardless of the cardiovascular element of it, aren't you? Because you're using your muscles and you're, you're you're doing physical exercise in ways that will be beneficial. But you're worried at what point does the air quality compromise my exercise? Yeah, at what point is it better off me not being outdoors at all? So I, I think that's a brilliant question. But I'm like you. I th- we've got as close as we can to nailing down what the question actually is, but it still feels strangely inadequate, doesn't it? I think uh, the answer might be like microns or like particles yeah. per meter cubed or something like that. Someone else asked me a question. I didn't really understand it. They were telling me about illegal drugs that make your heart beat faster and wondering whether that was good for you in terms of exercise, <laughs> given that the reason why you go running around the park and riding your bike is in large part to get your heart rate up. Yeah. But then that makes, I think that makes your resting heart rate go lower like, <laughs> regularly. So I think it makes, yeah, I think it's good for you, yeah. Yeah. 
I like your question. I'm not a massively optimistic that we're going to get an answer. One for the professor, maybe. But um, James, I got I got one more one more thing, please. Um, Hang on, what is it today? It's like well, it's, well, it's not Christmas. What's going on? The last fella. It's my mum's birthday next week. She's a massive fan. And um, she showed me, um, she introduced me to this show and LBC, and uh, I've been listening for years ever since. So uh, if you could uh, wish her a happy birthday, that would be great. What day is the birthday? Uh, 6th of September. What day of the week is that? Uh, Wednesday, I think. Will she be listening definitely on Wednesday, or do you want me to do it now? Well, I, I can show her on the podcast. Well, on Wednesday or now? Uh... I can show her on Wednesday, whatever you prefer, really. Well, I might forget. I usually ask Caroline to remind me, and then about two days later I say, you were supposed to remind me to say happy birthday to Sammy's mum, and she'll go, oh, sorry, whatever. Uh, uh, all right, well, yeah, you just, just, just... I'm doing, you know, what's your mum's name? Now. What's your mum's name? What? Mona. Mona. Mona? Yeah. Happy but Is it a big birthday? Is it a zero in it or not? Uh, no, no zeros in it, but we'll stay away from the age. All right, no, I don't want to know. All right, I mean, whatever age she is, she looks a lot younger. I'll tell you that for nothing. Mona, happy birthday, and congratulations on having such an attentive son of such exceptional taste with regard to radio listening. Happy birthday, Mona, from me, James O'Brien, on LBC. Oh, she'll love it. Cheers. Good man, 12.27. Right, no more extraneous requests or extracurricular interjections, all right? Dave's in Kensington. Dave, question or answer? Um, answer. Carry on, Dave. Uh, to the cricket question. Yes. It's just like you were pretty much right. It's just historical development. A keeper gets the ball more often than anyone else in the field. Anybody fielding will fight to the keeper, possibly. If the ball goes past the batsman, the keeper's going to catch it. If he edges it, the keeper might catch it. So it makes him better. Yeah. I mean, I, what are the rules, though? Do you reckon if you turned up wearing wicket-keeping gloves at mid-on, you'd be yeah. chucked off the park? No, you just be told you can't have it. It's like yeah. in the old days, gentlemen used to use their caps, hats, and they made it against the, lo- the laws, not the rules. To take the hat off to, to, to catch the ball. Yeah. So, so we're between us, we've nailed it. I'm going to give you the round of applause, but between it's, it's a mixture of, 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 of on-pitch efficiency and, and registered formal rules and regulations. Yeah, which has just developed since it was played. Qualifications? Um, I've been playing for about 45 years. What's your biggest innings? 135. Sharp. Seriously? Yeah. When was that? Oh, a long time ago. What level? Uh, Sunday twos league. Pretty sure. It gets pretty competitive the Sunday leagues, don't they? They can do. Yeah, very needly. Right, it's earned you this, mate. Yeah, great work, great work. It's coming up to half past twelve. Crikey, I've barely drawn breath. Uh, I should tell you, if you're interested in such things, that while we've been on air doing Mystery Hour, the United Nations have condemned Donald Trump's uh, lies about so-called fake news. That's the United Nations Human Rights Commissioner. And uh, Michelle Barnier, the European Commission's chief Brexit negotiator, has said there's been no decisive progress on the key issues and that negotiators are still quite far away from being in a position to begin talks on future trade arrangements, a description which the British chief negotiator, David Davis, the same David Davis, who said all this would be really, really easy, has more or less agreed with. It's coming up to half past twelve. You're listening to James O'Brien's Mystery Hour on LBC. More questions, more answers, and more sort of in-betweenies uh, after the very latest news headlines with Simon Conway. The 12.34 is the time. The cricket question I thought was very nicely answered. Um, when does a hill become a mountain, and when does exercise become bad for you because of pollution? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three and the origin of the phrase cloud nine. That means I've got um, 
room for more questions. It's only half time. There's a couple of phone lines free, so grab one if you can. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the uh, is the number you need. Any questions at all? You've seen how it works now. If you're new to this, who, why, what, where, when, where, whither, wherefore, whence. But make it funny or interesting. So you know the old ones about the baby pigeons and white dog poop. That's clearly not going to work for our purposes. Something that everyone else is going to go, yeah, oh yeah, I've always wondered that as well. Well, maybe not everyone else is going to do that, but a significant proportion of the people listening will go, oh yeah, I've always wondered that as well. And I, I, I'm just wondering whether we should have given Nick, the guitar teacher, a, um, a Ray Liotta, because it's been brought to my attention that he was actually a rather modest man and, and is, is a very prominent, possibly one of the finest exponents of the steel pedal guitar currently alive. So, anyway, I'll leave that hanging. Cloud Nine, Exercise and Pollution, and Hills and Mountains. Alex is in Guildford. Alex, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer, James. <laughs> Hello, Alex. How are you? I'm I'm all the better to uh, be talking to you on Princess Hour today. It's Princess Hour. Steve Allen has been rattling my cage again, no doubt, in the small hours of the morning. And, and uh, Alex, is, I mean, as we're we're discussing the epic celebrity of Nick, the guitar teacher, we probably shouldn't let yours go unnoticed or unmentioned. What? I'm an epic guitar player too. That's new new to me. I'm afraid. Oh, that's, uh, 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 thinking more of your epic celebrity. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Carry on. (laughs) Anyway, uh, answer. Um, Sir Cumulus. Pardon? The answer to uh, Cloud Nine. Oh, yes. Uh, There's nine types of clouds. Sir Cumulus is the highest of all nine. Hence, Cloud Nine, you're at the the peak. The highest cloud. Indeed. Qualifications? Um, Wayne in Basildon told me. Is that right? Yeah, he did. He's gone a bit niche. Well, you know, I'm edging for the Radiota. Did he tell you uh, on, on Twitter, or did he tell you in person? Oh, oh we're definitely in person on uh, in Mystery Hour. I like it. I like this idea of little little Mystery Hour clubs. They're like book clubs, but sort of uglier. Well, it makes you feel a little bit more special, doesn't it? Uh, you're on the in-joke. You can go, tell all your friends about that. Exactly, you're there. You're there. It's brilliant. You'll get on that bingo sheet, if you're not careful, mate, that someone's put together. <laughs> but so all the phrases that I use on a regular basis, some poor sod sits there every day ticking it off. <laughs> oh, My just family's going to hate me, because uh, last time we spoke, I, uh, I saved the recording. I'm trying to tell Nothing. as many people as possible. You're in. Nothing. You're Thank in. You, Round of applause. Yes, David's on the M11. David, question or answer? Answer, James. Carry on, sir. The Helen Mountain. When does a hill become a mountain? It's to do with the underlying composition. A hill is earth, a mountain is rock. Nah. Oh, yes. Nah. Goes back to geography O-level. Can't be. Can't, can't be, can't be, can't be, can't be, can't be. Well, okay, so you are telling me that a large rock on a rockery is a mountain? No, no. Why not? Because it's it's partially what you said about uh, the height. Yes. Obviously, Earth can only be piled up to a certain height, but rock, of course, can go up... uh, Yeah, but but if if I've got 2,000 feet of rock and then I put three feet of soil on the top of it, is it a hill or a mountain? It's a mountain because the underlying composition is rock. So when I go to the Malvern Hills and start digging, I won't hit rock at any point until I reach sea level. Don't know. Well, you have to know in order to go definitive. But that was what I was taught at Geography O level. Well, that doesn't mean it was right. It says Daz on the side of buses, but they don't sell it inside. 
Sorry, James, that's the answer. Oh, well, is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? I can't believe it is, because hills are caused by the same sort of things that mountains are caused by. It's like pressure, tectonic plates pushing up. Hills are made of soil, and mountains are made of rock. Yes, it was the underlying composition. Now, I like that phrase. I like the phrase. The phrase is strong. Underlying composition sounds very, very plausible. But I am a master of plausible phrases, which don't necessarily... Stay where you are, all right? Don't go away, David. Seriously. Ross is in Dagenham. Ross, what have you got? Hello, sir. Hello, Ross. Um, the answer is anything above 300 metres above sea level. It was on a film with Hugh Grant called The Man That Went Up a Hill and Came Down a Mountain. It yeah. was on TV the other day. It, well, he, he, I think he's right, David. All right, I'll give in. I just, that was a bit easy. <laughs> I think he's right. I, that, I remember that film. He, he was like a topographer or something, wasn't he? he was, it was his job to kind of decide what were mountains and what were hills. Yes, mate, and they kept trying to trick him. They did keep... T- and it had nothing to do with whether it was made of soils or rocks. Soil or rock. No. Right. No, as long as it's 300 metres above sea level. I'm going to give you that, because uh, not only is it tallying with what I said originally, but it also uh, cites the beauty of qualifications. Uh, p- poor old David thought he was drawing upon his geography O-level, but in fact, having watched the movie last week, Ross in Dagenham comes away with the plaudits. <laughs> I was at school with a lad whose dad was in the army. I've never told you this before. And uh, he, he was a cartographer. It, it was his job to go into bits of the world where no one had ever been before, or, or at least where nobody from the West had ever been before, and, and actually make maps of it in case the army ever needed to go there. And he had a mountain named after him. He found a mountain that had never been... I mean, obviously the locals probably had, had a name for it, but he, he found a name for the mountain. And like, how cool is that? People have got a name, mountain named after them. Alex is in Woolwich. Alex, question or answer? Hello there. I think you thought I was Alex from Guildford. I did, I and that, it all got a bit awkward. Yeah, it did, actually. I, I, I was surprised he didn't say anything. Well, I was teasing him about his Z-list celebrity. He didn't know what I was talking about, and you're the genuine Z-list celebrity. Uh, I'm not on the alphabet list anymore. Have you James. dropped off the bottom of the, of the Z-list? Yeah, I, I still have it as my handle. I know you um, do, on Twitter. I might get back on it one day, who knows? Who Why knows don't they get you back on, like, the, 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 the sideshow? Why don't you go on that, mate? Um, I'm just not, I'm not pathetic enough, I don't think. Well, shut up, I watch you on Big Brother's Little Brother. <laughs> yeah, every now and again, I didn't do it this year. Why but, not? Uh, I've, well, I've got, I've got children now, my wife doesn't let me go out. Does she not? Alex uh, was, Alex was one of the back. first stars of Big Brother. He was, he was one of the big, big, big sort of breakthrough characters of Big Brother, and, and, uh, I think even more impressively, you appeared on my short-lived ITV chat show as well, Alex, which must have been a real career highlight for both of us. <laughs> Oh, it was lovely. I loved the person I was sitting next to. She was really uh, <laughs> lovely. But anyway, I have a question which actually relates to my uh, celebrity time. Oh! In, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit about... You know, in 2002, my agent said, Alex, I think it's about time now you did yourself a calendar. Wow! So, big I, I time! I took 12 of the most sexiest shots, but... Uh, unfortunately, I didn't count on Cliff Richards' uh, calendar being more sexy, and I must have lost millions of sales. But oh. My mum did buy about 300 of them, and they're sitting in the garage. I've just seen them because they just had a move. Bless her. All I want to know is, in what year will I be able to give them out as presents again? Because, you know... Uh, <laughs> Every year, you know, your birthday is always on a different day. And what am I going to do with my? the best so question. I firewood. I want to know when. <laughs> what if you've missed it? So what if it was two years ago? What if you missed Pardon? it? What if you missed it? What if it was two years ago and it won't come around again for another hundred? 
Well, there's going to there's going to be advanced breakthroughs in medical treatment, so I might still be alive in a jar or. Something. I love this. So you have got Alex Sibley. Uh, that's three hundred Alex Sibley calendars from your oh, heyday. Yeah. From your heyday yeah. as a Big Brother star. <laughs> Which yeah. was in 2002. In what year will those calendars work again in the context of days and months? Yeah, 2003 calendar. Oh, I want sorry. To the trouble is, though, if anyone answers the question, I've been holding on so long, I've got about 3% on my phone, so I might miss it. So you'll have to message me later. Uh, mate, I'll DM you. I'll DM you with the answer if we get it, all right? I promise. Oh, thank you very much. There you much. go. That's special service for showbiz chums. Z-list mates. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a round of applause for a brilliant question as well. Love in the room, 12.43, very nearly. That's brilliant. So you've got a 2003 calendar. You don't have to be a Z-list celebrity who, who, who ill-advisedly had several hundred printed at the behest of his agent. You could just be a normal person with a 2003 calendar. At what point in the future does it actually become accurate again? Obviously, the year's never going to be accurate, but January the 1st is on a Tuesday, January the 2nd is on a Wednesday. You see? I love that. Come on. How can you not love that question? You must be made of flint. In what year does a 2003 calendar work again? Oh, three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Daniel is in Hendon. Daniel, question or answer? Question, please. Carry I've on. Always want, always wanted to know how they measure the height of waves. How do you mean? As in, you know how they say um, this wave is so high. Yeah. How do they? How do they actually measure that height? Well, they'd just take a picture of it, wouldn't they, and measure the picture? How do you measure a picture of a wave? With a ruler. So how do you say that there's a 20-foot wave, or...? Well, you, you, you've got a, a, a picture... You, you know how your camera works on scale, yeah? So you take a picture of it, and then you use the ruler and measure it, and then you times it by the scale that your camera works on. That's either a really bad answer or a really good one, and I'm 50-50 at the moment, Daniel. How are you feeling? Yeah, great. All good. Yeah? Well, but I meant about my answer, not about life in general. Well, yeah, that as well. Great, all good. Do you think it was a good answer? I don't particularly... I don't think I understand it. No, no then I it's don't. a bad answer, isn't it? It's not... It's not... <sighs> Did we say that? We say 34? I mean, you've, yeah, how accurate is it? How do they... You mean it like when they're on the news and they're saying there's a flood and there's 30-foot waves coming in over the... Yeah, yeah. All right. I haven't had any rounds of applause yet today. I don't think this has happened for years. But I can't really give myself one for this one. Leave it with me, mate. All right? Thank you. No, thank you. How do we measure waves? Oh, three, four, five, six, oh, six, oh, nine, seven, three. Not radio waves or sine waves, but waves in the sea waves. Uh, so we need that. We need the waves. We need the calendar. Exercise and pollution. Uh, cloud nine, we've done. Cricket gloves, we've done. Hill in a mountain, we've done. So we've got calendars and waves. Isn't it? Oh, three, four, five, six, oh, six, oh, nine, seven, three. Which means I've got room for a couple more questions as well after this. Mystery Hour on LBC with James O'Brien. Call 0345 6060 It is 12.47. We need a couple of answers. Exercise and pollution. And uh, I, I love this one. Uh, at what point does a 2003 calendar work again? We need to know this because Alex Sibley, who was on Big Brother back in the day, had loads of them printed off. He was sort of all buff and, and probably without... He was a model. You remember the fellow? He was always cleaning stuff. And he, he, he's got loads left in his mum's garage. He wants to know when he can start giving them away again as post-modern ironic presents. Lawrence is in Radlett. Lawrence, question or answer? Hi, uh, James. It's a question. C carry on. Uh, 
Okay, right. Um, if I run my finger down my shin bone... Oh, hang on a minute. This isn't some sort of sex line. <laughs> well, it is, yeah. Oh, carry uh, on. Oh, eight, nine, eight numbers. Go on. It, uh, is this not one of those? No, uh, sorry. It's, it's very uh, jagged. Yes. Um, now, was I born with that? Or... Sorry, I'm out of breath, because uh, I've been running for a train. This is or, getting worse. Um, is, this, is this the result of childhood sort of falling down and chipping away at my bones? Well, no. I mean, there's no earthly way that you, during your childhood, had sort of little bits of bone chipped away from your shin bone without any sort of medical intervention or, or, or epic pain. Well, I don't know. If I, if I, if I fill in the of my other bones, they're all smooth and nice. It's just the, the top of my shin bone on both legs is very jagged. So it's, why, why is it so jagged? Why is it like... Well, it's, it's, it's just, it's a bone. It's a jagged bone. It's, it's, it's like asking why the other bones aren't jagged. Why are they so unjagged? There's no way that getting kicked in the shins a lot as a kid has had a lasting physiognomical effect upon you and your bones. Well, I don't know. You, you, you fall a lot down when, you, when you're a kid, and you? fall over a lot. So you do, yeah, you but you also fall head. on your elbows and your head. Well, I never fell, fell on my head, but I might. Well, I'm beginning to wonder, mate. Having a, having a result in answering this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'll, I'll put it on the board. I'm surprised it got through. I'll be honest with you. I've got a full switchboard here, and the girls have decided that this is the best question we've got going. I think it is. And well, can I just say just one little thing? I'd just like to say hello to Clem, who listens to your program um, every week. To every who? Day. To who? Clem. Clem. Clem Corny. All right. Corny Cle- it's all gone a bit Beacon Radio today. All these little private messages and, and secret I secret know. handshakes. So you're on. All right. Yeah. Well, all right, Clem. Take it easy. Nice mate you got there in Lawrence. Looking out for you. Same with um, Sammy's mum. Will is in Bromley. Will, question or answer? Hello, James. It's a question. Carry on. Um, why, why, do par- why are parrots and budgerigars the only birds that you can teach to speak? Minor you birds? Teach any other birds? You can teach a minor bird. Oh, uh, maybe a minor bird, but not a duck or something. Mm, you can teach a duck to say quiet. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> 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 Well, yeah, or a pigeon. I mean, there's some, there's some parakeets that fly around in Bromley, Beckenham area. Blimey, everywhere now, parakeets, seriously, everywhere. They are, they are, and they, they make a, such a racket, but oh. I never hear them chat. Horrible noise, horrible yeah. noise. Yeah, I, th- th- okay, I like that. So, the, 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 it's also, I think you can get something weird to talk, like a jackdaw or something like that as well. I, I was reading oh, about yeah. it. But that's the well, point. Well, what, 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 what have the birds that you can teach words to got that all the other birds haven't got? That's it. Talking birds. I like it. Shin bones. Uh, Cad nine we've done. Calendars. We've got to get an answer for the calendar. And how do you measure a wave? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is a number you need. Tom's in Great Yarmouth. Tom, question or answer? Answer. Carry on, Tom. Um, yeah. How do you measure a wave? Yes. Um, we do it by two different methods. Get we in. either have a, f- a fixed um, a buoy. So uh, a floating object with a chain under it with some, um, like, big elastic bands type of thing. Yeah, I got it. So as the elastic bands stretch, you roughly know how much they're stretched by. Some computers work it out. and they're So you take a before and after picture, as it were. Yeah. Yeah, got it. And they're scattered all across the, um, across the world. Yeah. And then we also have uh, LADAR. That's a type of um, radar. Oh. So they'll be fixed on, um, like, offshore drilling rigs and that sort of thing. Qualifications? I'm a master on a wind farm vessel. 
What's a wind farm? You mean you service the, the turbines that are out at sea near Yarmouth? Yeah, that's correct. I like it. I like it. I've been to the one in Fakenham. No, not Fakenham. Um, Swaffham. Yeah. The one you can go up, the turbine you can go up. Have you been there? Yeah, well, the, the ones we're building offshore are now much bigger than them. I love them. I, I, I wonder, is this a Rayleigh moment? Oh. It's not quite, is it? Oh, man. That was, no, it was close, but it's, I mean, you're, you're, it's not quite, no. It's a brilliant, brilliant answer, and your qualifications are superb, and I'm going to definitely give you this, no questions asked. But I can't quite, I can't quite give you a Rayleigh moment, because it's not, I mean, it's not quite, you know, like, you didn't invent it or something like that. Sadly not. Is that fair enough? <laughs> Do you live in Yarmouth? No, I live in Wichita, in Kent. Oh, okay. All right. Tom, thank you very much indeed. Great answer. 12.52 is the time. We can cross off that one. How do you measure waves? The calendar and the budgies. What What the birds... Birds you can teach words to. What have they got that all the other birds haven't got? And is it possible that getting kicked in your shins when you're a child can have a lasting effect upon your bone shape when you grow up? That's going to be a yes, isn't it? I always make a fool of myself when I mock a question. Where are we going next? Let's go to Adam, who's in Peterborough. Adam, question or answer? Answer. And carry on. Um, the answer to the calendar question. The calendar question? Get on. Yes. Um, the last time could have been 2014. He missed it! <laughs> he missed it. <laughs> what a prune! Sorry, carry on. So next, next time will be 2025. How do you work it out? Well, there's a handy website. Oh, you've looked it up, which you're not allowed to do. I, I knew about it before, though. I knew about it. Uh, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to monster you for oh. that because no, I'm not going to monster you because it's a fair. It's a fair play, and I forgot to give the rules at the outset. I didn't say this week that you're not allowed to look anything. up. Obviously, it makes a complete mockery of the whole of mystery hour if anybody ever looks anything up. But it's on an 11 year cycle, is it, that a calendar comes back round again? Apparently so. What about leap years? But that that would be a complication, wouldn't it? I don't know. You're the blooming expert. This is what happens when people <laughs> ring in with stuff they've just looked up on a website. Would leap years make a massive difference or not? Not necessarily, no. It wouldn't. That's why it's not a round number, actually, probably. <laughs> you sure this is kosher, Adam? Yes, yes. Well, you would say that. You're desperate for a round of applause. Are you sure this is kosher? Yes. All right. So 2025 is the answer for Alex? Yes. I hope his was phone has run out. Did, was he the one that did the, the dancing that was caught on the webcam? The sexy dancing, yeah. In the, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Remember in his pants? I'll try not to. Oh, you just did. <laughs> Round of applause for Adam. I've just noticed he doesn't actually follow me on Twitter, so I'm not going to DM him the answer. I hope his phone did run out, cheeky beggar. Alex is in Glasgow. Alex, question or answer? Uh, Stuart Inquiry. Oh, no. Go on. Uh, it's the Cloud9 question. Oh, really? Go on, what went wrong? Yeah. He was quite, he was, think, right? Cumulus is yeah. Cloud9. Yeah. But Cumulus is actually the lowest cloud in the sky. It's the big floppy ones, the really big floppy ones. But it's still the origin of the phrase cloud nine. He just got idea. It may be me that led him yeah. down the sort of path there, yeah. the garden path. The cloud is cloud one, and that's Cirrus. That's the wispy, really feathery ones. But cloud nine, the big floppy ones, is the lowest cloud in the sky. Oh, I love it. Qualifications? Um, I was a seafarer for about 15 years, and we used to have to report cloud types in our weather observations to the Met Office every six hours. It's a bit of book, cloud types for observers. Beautifully done. Round of applause for Alex. 
It's three Alex's we've had on Mystery Hour today. That's quite bizarre. Twelve fifty-five is the time. Have we done it? Have we finished? Can I go home? Oh no, the talking birds. What have birds that what what birds what can learn words? What have they got? What other birds have not? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Will's in Scarborough. Will question or answer? Answer. Go on then. Um, the next year that uh, would match 2003 is 2020. Oh, hang on a minute. The other fellow said 2025. I don't know. I just looked at the calendar that's on my desk and it's got 2020 as the next day that Wednesday is the first day of the year. And that would match. So Wednesday is the 1st of January. Yeah, and that was right in 2003. It was right in 2014. And our next year is 2020. 2003. 11 years to 2014. Twenty twenty is twenty twenty a leap year. Uh, Two thousand was a leap year, and it's multiples of four. So yeah, yeah. Now, there you go. Then that's why it's not twenty twenty. Yeah, because it would only work until February the twenty eighth. Your theory, and then on February on March the first, it'd be skew, it'd be off off kilter again, wouldn't it? No, the calendar on my desk. Yeah, but that's a leap year, and two thousand and three wasn't a leap year, so it can't possibly be the same calendar. But 2004 was a leap year, 8 was a leap year, 12 yeah, was Yeah, but two, year, if you cannot possibly argue that 2020's calendar, which is a leap year, will be identical to 2003's, which was not, because there's no February the 29th on the 2003 calendar, Will. That's a good point. Thank you. The first, the first day of the year was right, but no, you're right. You see? So we're back to 2025. Uh, OK. See? Thanks for playing, though. Cheers. Bye, there you go. It's a lovely, lovely ice cream parlour in Scarborough, mate, if you need to drown your sorrows. Richard's in Acton. Richard, what have you got? Right, it's, it's, a, it's Stewart's Inquiry. Let's, <sighs> take, let's take this year, 2017. Yeah. yeah. Right. I wish someone would. 1961. Yes. The 1st of January was a Sunday. Yes. 1967, the 1st of January was a Sunday. Yes. So was 1978. Yes. However, 1972... The 1st of January was a Saturday, but because 1972 is a leap year, the 1st of March, which should have been a Tuesday, is a Wednesday. Of course. So, for those sort of reasons, 2020 is not the correct answer, because it's only correct for January and February. Exactly, exactly. That's what I just owned the bloke from Scarborough with. Carry on. 2025. Rinsed him. And I'm not looking this up on the internet. I know, I can tell by your fluidity and fluency. I know, it's just naturally brilliant. Beautiful, you and me both. Renaissance man, you see. Yeah, get in there. Um, (laughs) Careful. And, um... So that's how it works. It's not definite 11-year cycles. No, because the leap year throws everything out. So the answer is... Definitely, this year... 1967 and 2017 are exactly the same. So the answer is? Well, the answer is, is um, it varies. But the answer is, for 2003, the calendar will be the same again in? Uh, 2014, 2025, 2031. Bingo, 2025. So we missed it in 2014, which I find personally hilarious. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> Round of applause! <laughs> Qualifications, genius, obviously. Yeah, yeah, genius. Yeah, well done. Can I squeeze in Ben in Worthing, Sheila Fogarty, or would you? Yeah, no, ben in, ben, ben in Worthing, question or answer? Uh, it's not answer. Quickly. It's the answer to uh, the jagged bits on the legs. Um, it's actually synovial fluid build up older than you get in order to protect the front of your chin. On the, this uh, is on the chin, so it's got nothing to do with getting kicked there as a kid. No, no, no. Which I'm sure that wouldn't help. But uh, nothing to do with that. Qualifications. Uh, I've played rugby for 12 years, and uh, I'm absolutely riddled with him. Uh, Terrible phone line, but enough communication to win you this. 
Oh, happy days. That's it from me for another one. We'll be here tomorrow morning from 10. The next voice you will hear on LBC. We didn't do the talking birds. <laughs> I'm not going to do this gag. It's Sheila Fogarty. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's terrible. I'll have you for that. At three this afternoon, what does the outrage over a white girl being fostered by Muslims tell us about ourselves? Could it be that colour trumps child welfare when it comes to things we'll get angry about? At two, 20 years ago today, the Princess of Wales died. I'll speak to people who knew her, worked with her, or were consoled by her. But uh, straight up after the news, yesterday, if you were listening, you'll know I had a rare moment of speechlessness at the idea that kicking a pupil out of school halfway through their A-levels because their grades aren't stellar was acceptable in some way. Turns out I was right, because it turns out it's not only morally questionable, it's illegal. What should happen to those schools now? On FM.